after I've this podcast, it's going to reunite families all over the country, we hope. So I, I hope it really I takes hope off. So. <laughs> I hope so. We're with Robert Yaffe. This book is Relinquished, A Mother's Choice and My 30-Year Journey to Find My Birth Family. came out on January 16th, and it's on Amazon. Over the course of the 30 years, and mm -hmm. what was the longest amount of time where you were really stuck on a dead end or the ball wasn't moving forward? Would you go months or maybe even years with thinking, I'm never going to figure this out? Or was there constant action moving forward for you? Nearly two decades, yeah. actually. Wow. From 1985 to 2002, we ran into dead end after dead end. Yeah. We were looking through my wife, who she was working, doing research with this. She was looking, we were looking through obituaries at the World Herald. We were going through things, trying to find out information. We had little tidbits of it. We had learned that her husband worked for Union Pacific, and we thought that he had died in 1977, but he'd really died in 1978. Wow. So we had a wrong year. I was working with a rabbi from Jewish Family Services who did maintain a relationship with her during those years. He would talk to her on the phone. He would send her cards. Some of it caused her consternation because she was concerned about, through him, somehow her kids and stuff would find out. But we, I became very frustrated. I said, my God, this has been going on for 17 years. I, I'm never yeah. going to find out. My wife, Rita, was a real driving force in this throughout all of this entire process. She was, I call it, invaluable and indispensable in making this happen. And I thank her you know, profusely in the book, and she deserves uh, every bit of it. But the interesting thing is when I finally did find Pauline, who was my birth mother, we ended up having a 17-year relationship which literally began with her not wanting to even speak to me to becoming close over the years and eventually she asked me if i would officiate her funeral oh wow when she died in 17 i, I 2017 and so we have a relationship which i discussed how it had it, its ups and downs and it definitely had ups and downs. There was a time where she then wanted me to call her son and was upset when I didn't send her something on Mother's Day. Wow. Which caused a real dilemma for me because I had my parents and I just couldn't do it. And I spend a chapter, I call it the Mother's Day dilemma, discussing that in the book. And my parents are they are character they are factors throughout the entire book, even though they didn't know about it till quite late, and that's all very long. I did talk to them. I finally told them that I had located them, and it did not go well. Wow. Um, they just could not relate to the fact that I to them had interfered in someone's family, and uh, a little bit of feeling of were we not good enough there was a lot of there was a lot of i went through a lot of turmoil during that time and a lot of guilt some of it which i still feel to this day i was gonna say um, did you ever think i wish i hadn't have gone down this path no yeah. uh, one of the one of my chapters the first sentence is this is a book 
my parents would not have wanted me to write. Hmm. And I asked my wife recently, I said, do you still think even now with all this that's happened, they would still feel that way? And she says, yeah, I don't think they would have liked it. My dad, they were pretty private people. And I don't think they would have liked it, but I hope somehow they'd see to it to forgive me, especially with all else that happened. I will tell you that when my mother, when my birth mother passed away, the day after her funeral, one day after she was buried, my sister and brother, by birth, they went to her house. She had been in a nursing home for some time, and they were leaving the house, and in they checked. They'd had her mail forwarded for almost a year. But on the way out, they said, let's just check the mailbox, make sure nothing's there. There was a letter in the mailbox. This is in 2017. And there was a letter in the mailbox from Catholic Social Services in Omaha. And they opened it up and it said, there's someone who's been searching for you as their birth mother. And they called and they were she, they said, or Bill, actually, Linda's the sister, her husband called, and they, he said, we've known about Bob for 17 years. Why are we getting this now? Right. They said, it's not him, it's someone else. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden, my sister, she said, you've, I thought I knew my mother. And it turned out there was someone else, and I found out I had another brother in Omaha, and it was someone, you know, I didn't know him, but I knew of the family. Really? And wow. So I made contact with a second, a second brother. And that I spend a good deal of time talking about in the book as well. The one thing I didn't tell you is that she had never, she would never disclose who the birth father was. She said, I won't give up his name ever. I'll take it to my grave. And she did. So at that point, I felt that there's, well, this is the one part of this that I'm never going to know. Yeah. She, she described him. She said he was passionate. He was handsome. All of those things. And, but she said she wouldn't tell us who he is. And a year after we found the second brother, my daughter in Columbus, Ohio, just happened to buy an ancestry kit for her husband for a birthday present and they both did ancestry and it connected to a name that we she didn't know she called me up and gave me the name it was clark i said i don't know anybody by that name and sure enough it turned out to be the birth father wow i was going to ask it, about the ancestry and all that and that answers yep. that incredible one of the things i think is makes the story i think interesting and intriguing is that it goes it spans the range from the days of completely totally closed adoptions right to ancestry when i started this in 1985 no one thought that you could spit into a test tube mail it in for fifty dollars and, and get results so it spans the range of the entire gamut from closed adoptions to open adoptions to using detective agencies to ancestry.com yeah. So it, it really goes a long way in that way. And then uh, when you yeah. have that massive of a personal story, was it a challenge to turn that into book form? Yeah, I turned it into a book probably starting around 2019. I have to admit that the, the pandemic helped. I think I mentioned I was, I'm down in Florida now. We come down here 
for a while during the winter months. And I had plenty of time. So every morning I would start writing it from about 6.30 to about 11 o'clock in the morning. I think it was around 20 18 that I really decided, you know what, this is really a book. And I would tell people this about the day after the funeral, finding a brother, and then the names of the two brothers in Colorado. I didn't mention that, but I ended up with finding out that I had two living brothers Hmm. in the state of Colorado from ancestry. So I gained two more spouses from the same father, but a, a, a different mother. And he, by the way, that father, he ended up a fairly successful businessman. And one of the two sons, who's my brother, ended up a successful businessman and man as well. And the other, and we've been very close to all of them. So I decided that I would write the book. And yeah, it was hard. I'd never written a book before. I've had a, a professional article published in, in my business, on my job, sure. but never a book. And it took me about a year and a half to really write this and another year and a half to have it edited and pared down and with the grammar and everything else. So yeah, it was it was a long ordeal. But I will tell you, it was a cathartic, it really was a cathartic experience for me. And I've been really happy to share it. And the responses that I've been getting have been terrific so far. I was going to say, has this spurred anyone else to take some steps or do some things that the, the path that you trod there, was that taken by others because of the book? I don't know. It's been too soon yeah. on that yet. It's only been really about three weeks, right. but I think it's done fairly well on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and, uh, and all that. At least but I'm really glad you had me do this. I really, I'm truly grateful to share the story. You know, the one thing I also just want to quickly sure. mention is that also part of it, and I do write about this in the book as well, is that I feel that it is almost a civil right to be able to know your origins. And that's part of the reason that I wrote the book. I want people who are searching to know that they have a right. I don't believe you have a right to a relationship. I think if you contact them and they say to you, nope, we are not interested, we don't want to talk to you, you have to honor and you have to respect that. But I do believe that you have a right to know where you came from. And that's one of the reasons why I really push this so hard and as a matter of fact when the mother didn't want to talk to me initially we had agreed with her that we would not call her again we would let it go she went on her own and told her kids what she had done giving up the baby and all right and it was my sister there that took our phone number off her from her house and called me wow so in a way she made the contact with me. Incredible. Which was, yes, which was also an incredible part of the whole story. Is there anything to Nebraska's laws and the legal structure that you feel need to be changed? Or or how do you rate someone in your position? Or or does that have nothing to do with it? I'm very uneducated on this. But is there anything our, our state government could do better or change, in your opinion, after this experience? Most states, you know, have greatly relaxed the adoption laws. Yeah. I'm not familiar with whether Nebraska has changed them much since then. So I wouldn't even want to comment sure, on something sure. that I'm, I don't have expertise on. But I do believe 
that there should be help in, in at least getting you to the person to at least make the contact to determine whether they want to speak with you or not. Back in those days when they told me, you have to have a death certificate. How do I do that? Yeah. I don't even know who they are and have no way of finding out who they are. So in that respect, I think it should be more lenient. And I think with Ancestry.com or 23andMe or whatever, it's made things a great deal easier yeah. to find you. So That's great. Any final thoughts? Mm -hmm. I think it's an exciting story on a lot of different levels. And I, I think it can be read just as a hopefully an interesting story to people of an adoption search and yeah. one that was successful. Right. And I know that they aren't all successful, but mine was. I hope for that. But as a Jewish person growing up in Omaha, I tried to insert some of my Jewish upbringing and some of my Jewish background. And I talked about a little bit about adoptions in Judea, in, in the Bible, Moses being adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter. So I think it can be hopefully looked at or read on different levels and hopefully appreciated. So Thanks for coming on and really right. appreciated your perspective. And I thank you very much for having me on. On Amazon, as I said, I'll link to this on the newsletter side. The book is titled Relinquished, A Mother's Choice and My 30-Year Journey to Find My Birth Family by Robert J. Yaffe. Check it out. Enjoyed having you on. Thanks again, sir. Thank you. All right.